Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. Thank you. Hope you guys have had a good day. Welcome to Collide Midweek. If this is your first time, I pray that you've been greeted well and that you feel welcome. My name is KB, your high school pastor. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, class of 2027, if this is your first Wednesday with us, welcome. Um, we missed you last week. We're so excited to meet you guys tonight and get to hang out. Um, last week was a little bit different because it was our launch night, kind of our kickoff night. So tonight will be a um, traditional Wednesday night where... When I say amen at the end of the sermon, you guys will go to small group and you'll be there till eight. Okay. Hope you guys have had a good day. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, we're going to be in the book of Jonah, which is in the Old Testament. If you can see, um, if you have the right Bible, it's page 774. Um, As you can see, man, the Old Testament takes up a lot of the Bible, right? You guys remember our math? 66. What's our math for the books of the Bible. How many in the Old Testament? Thank you. In the New Testament? Thank you. So we have these Old Testament books, man, where God speaks through His Word. And one of the areas of the Bible that He speaks through is He speaks through prophets. So we're in a section what's called the minor prophets. Not minor in terms of their significance. Minor in, um, as you see with the book of Jonah, is it's only two pages in your Bible. Mine is two pages, almost just a page and a half, 48 verses, an incredible book that packs so much gospel truth. And last week, we embarked on this four-week journey, um, Jonah, the relentless love of God. In this book, we're going to see a lot of things, but we're going to see a God who is relentless in His love. He chases after those that He loves, and He has a heart of compassion for the whole world. Not just, you know, Jonah's a prophet, so what does that mean? So he's of the Jewish descent, he's a Hebrew, but God sends him, he wants him to go preach to a specific group of people that are not walking with God, and God's not okay with that. And at one point in your life, you were on the other side of that, and God wasn't okay with that for you either, and He sent someone to save you, and His name is Jesus, and maybe there was a messenger in your life. There was a guy in my locker room in college, and his name was Todd. And he talked about Jesus more than any other person that I had ever met in my life. And it made me curious about God. Made me curious about the person of Jesus. And I pray that tonight God speaks to you personally. In week one, we talked about how Jonah was running from God. I got a map to show you tonight just so you guys can see. On this map, you're going to see Jonah's travels. Okay, so you see, I think on this, I'm going to hop down here and hopefully it won't give you any feedback, but you see um, that area where it says Gath right there, that's where Jonah is from, right there near Jerusalem. And then remember it says he goes down to Joppa, the port city, to get on that ship. And where did God want him to go? He wanted him to go to Nineveh, okay? You see up there in the, the it's modern day Iraq. So that's where like the, the baddest of the bad people on the planet were. 
And God says, I'm going to send my man Jonah to preach the gospel to them. And what does Jonah do? He gets on a ship in Joppa and he heads complete on the other side. You guys see that? He goes completely west. You see where that arrow is going? That arrow is going to modern day Spain, which is Tarshish. Almost 2,000 miles on the other side of the globe. This is what Jonah does. God says, I want you to go to these people because they need to know about my love. My love can change their heart. And Jonah says, no, I'm not going. I want to do what I want to do. So in week one, we unpacked some gospel truth. And the first one was, is the disobedience is simply saying no to God. So I asked you guys, where are you being disobedient to God in your life? Is he asking you to do something in your school, in your home? Is he asking you to spend more time with him in his word? Is he asking you to um, maybe bring up the name of Jesus to that coworker at that place that you work or on your ball team? Maybe you're saying no to your parents in disobedience at home. And when you say no to your parents, you're saying no to God. And then from there, we kind of talked about how you can run from God, but you can't hide. Remember, Jonah goes down into the belly of the ship. He goes down to Tarshish, excuse me, down to Joppa, down into the ship, and he goes to sleep. Like Jonah could get away from God. Guys, do you realize that God is everywhere? God's in here tonight. God sees you. He's so pleased that you're here tonight. You can run from God, but you can't hide. I'm living proof of it. I ran from God my whole life. Look where he has me now. He has my whole heart. So we said... Disobedience is saying no to God. You can run from God, but you can't hide. Also, that your sin affects other people. You get on that ship, and what happens? Man, the storm comes. Now these sailors who he's on the ship with, their life is at risk. They're throwing off cargo, all because this guy's being disobedient, and they know. They go to him and said, dude, who are you, and what God do you serve? Because it was glass out here, and we were smooth sailing until you got on this ship. Our sin always affects other people. And there might even be some of you in here tonight where other people's sin in your life has affected you. And for that, I am sorry. That is not a reflection of your God who loves you, your Heavenly Father who cares for you. But I pray through the story of Jonah, you see His relentless love for you that chases you down. And then lastly, last week we said that the storms of life are meant to what? Show you God's grace to bring you back home. And we ended last week with the last verse of chapter 1 which says just this, just not on the screen. It says this at the end of chapter 1. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Week 2, guys, if we were running from God, when God gets your attention and He has your heart, you're then, what, called to run back to Him. Week 2 is running to God. Here's your starting point question for tonight. What is your favorite form of transportation? Some of you guys just got your license, right? So you're like, my Mustang or my convertible or my truck or whatever that is. Some of you guys are like, nope, my parents can drive me everywhere for the rest of my life. I like them being my chaperone. Anybody really like flying? What's your favorite mode of transportation? Jeff likes to fly. Yep. Melinda, what do you like? Southwest Airlines. Okay, specific. I like that. Okay, nice. Who else? Somebody give me one. Scott? So we know Scott's riding a bike. Okay, no brainer with Scott. All right. Anybody else? Favorite mode of transportation? KB, say again. Motorcycle. There you go. KB has this uh, uh, fascination with this one form of transportation that Tracy will not let me get. All of my life, I've wanted a moped or a scooter. She won't let me get one. I don't understand why. Can y'all not see me? Helmet with no mask on it in the streets of Stoneville, just cruising around saying, hey, friend, everybody. I mean... Wouldn't you want to ride with me on the scooter? Tracy's like, ain't happening. 
in my house. All right, check this out. The mode of transportation that God uses for Jonah in this story, right? We heard about a ship. Now you're getting ready to hear about a fish. I heard a pastor say this one time. It's going to be on the screen. Maybe you should write it down. The great fish for Jonah was Jonah's transportation, his education, and his salvation. When you think about this, he runs from God. God throws him out into the sea. He's down in there. He's drowning. He's going down to the bottom. God appoints a great fish to scoop him up. Doesn't eat him. It's what? In the belly of this fish, Jonah is learning some things. It is his transportation. It's going to get him to Nineveh, where he's supposed to be. It's going to start taking him to Tarshish. Eventually, he's going to get to Nineveh. It's his education. God teaches Jonah some things in the belly of this fish. That guys, sometimes we need to be as low as we can get to learn the things that God wants us to learn. And it's his salvation. Jonah gets saved inside. He returns back to God. And it literally, physically saves him from death. Okay? Write this down. We're going to talk about prayer a lot tonight. Here's your first one. Prayer is confessing that we need God's help. Prayer equals total dependence on God. Prayer is confessing that we need God's help. Guys, when you pray, when you open up your mouth, you're saying to God, I need you. Completely need you, God. Total dependence upon you. Guys, if you're, if you're not totally dependent upon God, who are you dependent upon? Yourself and other people. And it never works out good. I'm going to read through all of these verses in just a second, but I want to read them all the way through so that you get what's going on here. Remember the rebellious prophet and what he was doing. He thought that he could do this on his own. I'm not going to them. They're the baddest people on the planet. They kill my people. I don't like them. And practically, God, I just really don't want to go. I'm kind of convenient where I'm at. I'm comfortable. I don't want to go there. Man, when God has something on his heart, he's going to get it accomplished. And what's beautiful, guys, is in the Hebrew text, like this This would have been in, in the Bible, before we had the Bible, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. So when you read the Hebrew text of this, guess what this section starts with? It doesn't start with verse 1 of chapter 2. It starts with verse 17 of chapter 1. Let's read it all together. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, all the way through chapter 2, verse 10. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Underline it, start. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. From the belly of the fish saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and He answered me. Didn't you just sing that? I sought the Lord and He heard and He answered This is just happening in Jonah's life. Out of my distress. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. Sheol was like this, like utter destruction, like complete separation from God. This is where Jonah thinks he was headed down to the bottom of the sea, separated from God forever. Belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves, your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Guys, get this. Like Jonah's like sinking. He's got seaweed. One of the translations says, seaweed was around my head and my neck. The roots of the mountains 
I went down to the land whose bars closed around me forever, yet you brought me up, up you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish. Guys, the wind and the sea, the animals obey Him. Guys, you and I are His prized possession. And when He speaks to us and we are disobedient, you're just saying, God, I know what you say, but I know better and I can do it on my own. This fish who was made by God does exactly what he's told to do. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up out upon the dry land. Guys, write this down. Dependence is the heart of prayer. Dependence is the heart of prayer. Do you need God? Guys, that's the basic question of prayer is, do you need God? When you open your mouth and you say, God, Father, Lord, Jesus, whatever you start your prayer with, maybe you've never prayed before. Tonight might be the first time that you ever pray, and I pray that it is. Guys, prayer is complete dependence upon God. It's the heart of prayer. One of the most beautiful things that I get to do as a pastor is I get to go see couples when they first have a baby. And I told you guys that funny story last week about how I, I didn't marry Scott's daughter and Christina's daughter, Scotland. I performed the ceremony for them. So a couple years ago, uh, Scotland and Jalen got married. And then this past year, they got pregnant with their first child. Well, last week they had their baby. Here's baby Apollos born at Moorhead Hospital over there. Apollos Cade. Harrison, how cool is that? Apollos from the book of Acts. I'll let Scotland tell you where Cade comes from. It's kind of a funny story. But here's the thing. I'm sitting in the room with Scotland and with Apollos and with Jalen. And man, I'm loving on them, just talking to them. And I flash back to when Tracy and I were in Forsyth Hospital with Matthew for the first time. And they kind of, at the end of that day, they kind of get you started. And they're like, hey, you, you know, you're going home in a couple hours. You're going to go home today. And like, it doesn't register. Like Tracy probably realized it, but I was just like, probably eating something in the corner or just doing something. And the lady, the nurse comes in and is like, uh, Mr. Bernard, you need to go pull the car up. You're, you're going home today. And I looked at her and I said, wait, you're not coming with us? Uh, like, you can't come home with us? She said, no. So I go get the car. They wheel Tracy down and Matthew and we go down, pull the car up. And, you know, you're trying to fix the baby seat for the first time. You get it all in there. and You hope that it clicks and then it's in there the right way. And I just remember watching Scotland and Jalen with Apollos. That child is completely dependent upon Scotland and Jalen for the rest of their life. But you know what's most important? Is that at some point, here's the thing, is Matthew's 19, Mallory's 16. At some point, Matthew is going to leave our home. And in that hospital room, I wasn't thinking that, but at some point, Matthew's going to leave our home. Is he still dependent upon me? Yes, but I pray that I've prepared him well enough to know what? He is completely dependent upon God for everything in his life. That baby, Apollos, cannot do anything. It needs to be fed by Scotland and Jalen. It needs his diaper changed. Everything. It's God teaching you his love that what? What does the Bible say over and over again? Come to me like a child. Faith like a child. Like a baby. Like a newborn baby. Come to God's word and say, I need your nourishment every single day. If that baby doesn't eat, guess what? That baby doesn't grow. 
those parents have a job to raise Apollos, right? Under the fear and instruction of God's word. But every single day, they have to meet his most basic needs. Guys, your most basic need that you have is to be dependent upon God for everything. Are you dependent upon God? Are you independent and say, God, I can figure this out on my own? Are you like Jonah that just says, you know what? I'm going to go down into the belly of this, 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 this ship and I'm just going to figure it out. God, they're never going to find me. Well, Jonah finds out quickly that he's what? When he's drowning in the sea, he's completely dependent upon God for everything. He saves him. Here's the beautiful first truth we see from all these verses. When Jonah opens his mouth in prayer, is this, write this down. Prayer is not bound to a location. Prayer is not bound to a location. Verse 17 of chapter 1 and verse 1 of chapter 2. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Verse 1, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Guys, there are some beautiful texts in Scripture that tell you exactly where to go pray. I love when Jesus says, go into your closet, close the door, and get alone with me. It's, it's not like if you don't go into your closet, you're not doing it right. It just happens to be that that's where I go in my house. That's my quiet place away from Tracy and the kids and the dogs and everything is what? It's me alone with God. And when my family knows that the door is closed, that's my time with God. But guys, guess what? I was in the parking lot today setting up all those games for you outside. And what did I hear above me? We're blessed that we have an incredible hospital right down the road that unfortunately, when people have to be transferred, a helicopter shows up and takes somebody to another hospital or wherever they need to go. And the, 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 the helicopter comes right over my head. So you know what I did? I hit my knees right in the middle of the parking lot. Do I wait till I get home tonight to pray for that person in that helicopter? No. They need prayer right now. So do you think when I hit my knees and I said, God, please watch over them, protect them, I pray for their safety. Do you think God heard me? Yes. Jonah's in the belly of the fish and God hears him. Matthew and I are driving to play golf on Friday with my dad and all of 220 is stopped bumper to bumper. You guys heard about that horrific motorcycle accident. Matthew and I drove up on it right after it happened. The whole um, northbound is just shut down. And Matthew's driving and I'm in the passenger seat. Times have turned. Now Matthew's driving me around. We're driving to go play golf. And, 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 and we're listening to music. And, and Matthew knows. He knows this. He turned the music all the way down and we prayed for those people. God, I pray that there's no fatalities. I pray. I could, I could see one of the guys on the motorcycle had his head in his hands and he was just distraught. What do I do? We pray. What do you do? We pray. Total dependence upon God. God, you're the only one that can help in this situation. Guys, are you dependent upon God? Is he some cosmic genie in a bottle that you just pray to when things are really, really hard? Guys, that's why it's called a relationship. Relationship is when things are good, really, really good, and when things are bad, right? When Tracy got diagnosed with cancer, we didn't start praying that day. We prayed hard that day, but we had already been praying because I want our family should be a people of prayer and you should be people of prayer. Guys, do you see how desperate Jonah is? He's about to die. He's a prophet of God. He runs from God. God could have wiped him off the, place, the face of the earth, and he doesn't. He sends a fish to save him. Guys, this fish was a hospital for his soul. He comes back to God. Guys, prayer is not bound to a location. Number two, prayer is personal. 
I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. Guys, prayer has to be personal. Look at verses 2 through 5. I want you to underline and star every personal reference, pronoun, whatever it is. I wasn't good at English. You're better than me. Write it down. Verse 2, saying, I called to the Lord, underline it, out of my distress, and He answered me, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded who? Me. All your waves, your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Guys, this is personal. I've taught you guys this acronym before. I love to eat. My favorite prayer acronym is TACOS. Thanksgiving, adoration, confession, others, self. Guys, you know who I spend the least amount of time praying for? Me. I want my posture to be, first of all, thank you, God, for everything. I adore you. Man, thank you for my family. Thank you for every provision. Thank you for Collide, all my students. And then I go into adoration. God, I adore you. And then I go into confession. Guys, when you confess to God, what are you saying? I'm sorry. I, I, I slipped up today. I did this. I shouldn't have done this. Confession. And then I get to you guys. Man, guys, I was telling Hagen this today. I was talking to Hagen earlier today. When you're preaching on something, look out. If you guys ever get up here, and I pray that there's a man, an army of, of, of you guys and girls that just go into full-time ministry. But when you're getting ready to do something, have a message on something, get ready. Because God's going to wear you out with it. I prayed more yesterday in 24 hours than I've prayed probably in the last year. My day started. I'm pastor on call this week. That doesn't mean that my prep or any of this stuff slows down. Right? So a friend of mine had surgery at 5.30 at Roanoke Hospital. I left my house in Stoneville at 4.15. I'm praying there for his surgery. I leave there at 7.30 and drive two hours to Baptist Hospital and made my rounds around that hospital for three of our church members that are really, really sick. And in each room, praying for them. And this one mom, her daughter came through Collide years ago. She just had heart surgery. And, she, and I walked in and she just started weeping, man. Just started crying. And she said, KB, I just went for some tests and it just doesn't feel right. Will you pray? Yes, of course I will. I get back and y'all know Salem. We love Salem Nelson here at church. Salem had surgery today. She had carpal tunnel surgery. So I went to her house and I prayed because I couldn't go to the hospital with her this morning. So I went over there and prayed. And she's crying and her mom Marla's crying. And we're praying. And then boom, I'm getting ready for this message. And we're going to Mallory's volleyball game. And I'm praying. And it's just like all day, God's wearing me out with prayer. Are you really connected? Do you believe what you're getting ready to teach to the students tomorrow night? Yes, I believe, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just I was Jonah. Remember how we ended last week? I'm Jonah. You're Jonah. We've all run from God. And when you run from God, how do you get back to His face? You get back to His face with prayer. Guys, write this down. The most important thing in life is the presence of God. The most important thing in life is the presence of God. And Jonah teaches this amazing principle. I'm calling it the Jonah principle. It's not mine. I got it from another commentary. Man, I love this one guy. That He's just such a good commentator. He says this. This is the Jonah principle. You return to God's face, that's prayer, and you return to God's heart, that's the Bible. Guys, if you look in your footnotes of your Bible, right here, Jonah's prayer, you're going to see some footnotes down in the bottom that some of these verses actually come from the book of Psalms. What does that mean? Is that Jonah's reciting Scripture in his prayer. 
How does he get back to God's face? He prays. How does he get to God's heart? He's praying the Bible, the Word of God. Students, let this not just be Jonah's principle. Let this be your principle in your life. Have you run from God? How do you get back to Him? You get back to His face. You start praying. God, I'm sorry. Guys, what's the opposite of running from something? Running to something. And what does Jonah run to? He can't actually get to God, hug Him, squeeze Him. Man, can you imagine the disciples had Jesus with them for three years and they did ministry together? I would have wanted to go everywhere with Him. But He said, it's better that I leave because I'm going to send you one that's going to live inside of you, the Holy Spirit. Guys, how do you seek the presence of God? Prayer, His Word, and you ask the Spirit's leading in everything that you do. Guys, there's nothing better than the presence of God. Here's your next one. Write this down. Prayer looks back with thanksgiving. Prayer looks back with thanksgiving. Guys, this is so beautiful. Look where Jonah starts. I told you this is how I pray. Verse 6 and 7. At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Guys, when you remember the Lord, you're giving thanks to him for all he's done in your life. Jonah's remembering Jonah was chosen as a prophet. You can just tell, man, he was raised in the scriptures. He's just so thankful, man, that he was raised in the word of God. He's so thankful that he gets to be a prophet. Now we're going to get to his heart in chapter four. That's there's a little wishy washy going on. But what we're going to see after this prayer that the fish spits him out. And then next week you're going to get to see, does he actually go to Nineveh? Guys, you could be reading it while we're talking about it right now. I hope that you don't. But what I told you, you can read this book in seven minutes. The title of chapter three is Jonah goes to Nineveh. Guys, you can run from God, but you can't hide. But this prayer gets him back to a heart of thanksgiving. He remembers who God is. Guys, write this down. The real pit in life is to be separated from God. Did you see it in, in the text? You brought up my life from the pit. Jonah thinks that he's going to die. Guys, have you ever been that low before? Have you ever been that down where you feel like there's no way back to God? Guys, September is National Suicide Awareness Month. Look at me. This is something that's really, really personal to me. There are some things in life that get under my skin more than others. You can ask my wife, man. I don't get angry about a lot of things. But when people get picked on or they're bullied, and it does something inside of me that you, a different side of KB comes out. My buddy Shane was telling me about a young girl in another county in our state that recently committed suicide because she was bullied at school. Guys, I'm not okay with that. Not on my watch. We take one month to set aside for National Suicide Awareness Month. But man, I want it to be my heartbeat for the rest of my life every month of every year that God gives me. One of my best friends died of suicide a couple years ago. Here's Caleb. I lost Caleb on December the 9th, 2021. Tomorrow, Caleb would have turned 27 years old. 
and we'll have breakfast with his dad, a Chinese in the morning, at the table that Caleb and I used to sit at and have breakfast, and we would read and study the Word of God. Caleb has an enemy, and you have an enemy. And Caleb's enemy lied to him, and in a moment of weakness, Caleb took his own life on December the 9th, 2021, in Danville, Virginia. I miss my friend. Students, you are loved. You are seen. You are not alone. God needs you. Students, you look around your schools. If there's somebody with their head down, if something's just somebody's not having a good day, you are what? God sends Jonah. God sends you to your school. You are to be His messenger, His light in the darkness for somebody. And you look at them and you say, you won't sit alone in the lunchroom on my watch. You'll always have a friend. I'll sit with you for the rest of my high school career. You are beautiful inside and out. If you see bullying, you better tell somebody. And you tell me, or you tell an administrator, and we'll make sure that it gets dealt with. Guys, Caleb, in his life, was coming beautifully back to God. Caleb had a real massive injury in football. He played college football at the University of Delaware, threw out his back, had some problems with painkillers and pain medication and different things like that. But man, when I, you know what's the most beautiful thing about Caleb? Was his passionate pursuit of getting back to God. Caleb and I had a lot in common. We ran from God. And in at the, this most beautiful time of his life, he wasn't working. He was back home. He was back living with his parents. Some might think, man, you're in your early 20s and you're living with your parents. That's exactly where Caleb needed to be. I miss my friend. Guys, I'm not okay with any young person, any person, any age, that thinks life would be better without them here on this planet. If you struggle with that, please come see me tonight so I can pray for you. Please let me know. Please write it on one of those white cards so that we can pray. There's an army of prayer team members that will pray for you right now. Please share it with your small group leader. If there's somebody in your school that you know has suicidal ideation, please tell somebody. Guys, I will make it my life mission. And here's what we're going to do. Through Caleb's families, we're getting ready to start a foundation probably sometime in 2024. And here's what you guys, a lot of you guys met Mr. Paul, who came at the end of last spring. And here's what they say. If we can save one kid from not dying, it's all worth it. Guys, I love you. You are loved. But during this month, please help us to raise awareness for suicide. Awareness, man, is something near and dear to my heart. Write this down. Here's your next one. Prayer looks forward with loyalty and love. Prayer looks forward with loyalty and love. Jonah looks back with thanksgiving where he was. He's getting ready to die. I remember who you are. I remember your faithfulness. Now he looks forward with loyalty and love. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Guys, this first part of this verse is so, it's so beautiful because back then they had idols, and we have lots of idols now, don't we? Here's what an idol is. An idol is anything you love more than God. What do you love more than God? Jonah struggled with idolatry. Guys, it's the root of all sin. It started in the Garden of Eden. They what? Satan says to Adam and Eve, did God really say don't eat from that? They wanted what? They wanted to be God. They wanted to be in charge. They disobeyed God, and now we have the fall. We're born with it. We don't like it. But every sin can be traced back to idolatry. Guys, 
If God pried something out of your hands that you have in your life, and you were upset about it, and you cried about it, and you were so mad at Him for it, what would it be? I'm going to say it again. Look at me. Take this seriously. If God took something from you, something you thought is so valuable right now, a phone, a vehicle, a relationship, a, a, a class rank, you, you fill in the blank what it is for you. Mine was baseball. You know my story. If God pried it from your hands, you would be so upset and go, God, I can't live. I can't live without that. If that, whatever you put on that blank is an idol. It's something you love more than God. And Jonah's saying what? God, if, if we pay regard to vain idols, a lot of people say, who's he talking to? Is he talking to the sailors? Remember, they were praying to what? Their little G God. They might have had like a little figure or a little wooden figure or something like that. Or is he talking to the people of God? Because Jonah's what? Obviously struggling with idolatry. What, do you, what would you guys say is Jonah struggling with idolatry? What does he idolize? Why didn't he want to go to Nineveh? He didn't like them. He liked his status as a prophet, and he liked where he was from. He, didn't, he liked God's love, but he didn't want somebody else to get that same love. He idolized his safety and his comfort as a prophet. Guys, write this down. God answers his children when they cry to him for help. It might not be exactly when you want it and in exactly the way that you want it, but God always answers His children when they cry to Him for help. <clears throat> Verse 10, And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. He's crying out. He's crying out. His heart. Guys, when's the last time you shed a tear when you prayed? When's the last time you prayed so hard that you cried, man, that, that, that it just came out of you? I remember praying when we got the news and Tracy got cancer. I just remember your emotions get so stirred up. And I remember thinking, man, what if I prayed with this fervency every single night that I prayed for somebody and I just wept and cried and just cried out to God that I need God because he hears me and he wants to answer those prayers. Pray those big, bold prayers and don't stop praying. Look what John Piper says. The ultimate lesson about prayer in the book of Jonah is that God answers us in mercy to make us merciful. Do you see how beautiful that is? God saves Jonah because his mission is not complete yet. Remember, where is he supposed to go? He's supposed to go to Nineveh. Why? So those people can know the same mercy and grace that he receives. Write this down. A true heart of repentance is always met with grace, and grace should lead to a heart of compassion. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. What's that called? Grace. When you get something that you don't deserve, that's called grace. And what's mercy? Not getting what you do deserve. What did Jonah deserve when he just said, whatever, God, I know that's what you want me to do, but I'm going to go do my own thing. The sailors throw him overboard. He could have ended up on the bottom of that sea. What comes up? God appoints a fish. Coincidence or sovereignty of God? Sovereignty and love of God. A true heart of repentance is always met with grace, and grace should lead to a heart of compassion for other people. I love this from J.D. Greer. He says this, Before God's grace can lift us up, it first has to wake us up. Do you think Jonah, do you think God has Jonah's attention now? It woke him up, and now what? It lifts him up. He's going to spit him out on the dry land so he can go do the thing that he was called to do, go preach the gospel to the Ninevites. One of my favorite songs of all time is Amazing Grace. 
And the lyrics always blow me away. It's a classic hymn by John Newton, and it says this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Here it is, guys. Look at, read these words about grace. Is this what it does to you? Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. God, you're God and I'm not. And grace my fears relieved. You're not afraid of God in a way like you just, guys, that you're obedient because you're fearful. It breeds a new kind of obedience out of love. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Your greatest fears are answered at the cross of Jesus Christ. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Guys, God wants a new kind of obedience. Those who obey out of loyalty and love. Not that you're in fear of like, what's God going to do to me? And like, oh, did, I, did, I, did I pray enough? Did I, did I read enough Bible? All of that. Guys, God gets your prayer life and your Bible reading when He gets your heart. He doesn't want you to obey Him out of fear. He wants you to obey, obey Him out of loyalty and love. We sang this song Sunday at church, and I'll leave you with this. We talked about this at camp, and it's just such a beautiful kind of way to think about this prayer that Jonah prays. The song Gratitude. Here's some of the lyrics up on the screen. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. Now I want you to focus on the next part. Guys, if you sing these on Sunday and Wednesday night and you don't know what they mean, you should go to the Bible and go, what does this mean that I'm singing? And I know it's not much, but I've got nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Guys, what do you give a king? A king has everything. What do you give to Jesus? He's God. You know what you give Him? Your love. Your loyalty. A heart that sings, I will not look to any other idol. I will look to my king. I'm completely dependent upon him. God, you will meet every one of my needs. I know you will. You're always there. Let me read it again and see if it penetrates your heart before you go to small group. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart that sings, Hallelujah. Students, does your heart sing hallelujah to God? If you put anything else on that line before God, guess what? You love that more than God. When you, your heart sings hallelujah, you go, God, I trust you. That thing's good in my life, but it's not God in my life. You will be my number one forever. Jonah teaches us so much about the heart of prayer. I pray you have an incredible small group now. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for our small group leaders. God, thank you for this incredible book of Jonah. The gospel according to Jonah. Students might be asking, well, where's Jesus in this? Jesus in Matthew 12 says, they said, give us a sign. Here's the sign that I'll give you. The sign just like Jonah who was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So what? The Son of Man will rise again. That's your sign. God saved Jonah and he sent him up there on that land and we're going to get to it next week where he preaches the gospel, probably arguably the greatest revival in the history of the world. And God sends his son from the glory of heaven down to this broken earth, wraps himself in skin, skin and sin and flesh and willingly goes to a cross and willingly goes crucified, dies, is put in a tomb. Three days later, he rose again and he came and people saw him. And then he says, I'm going back to the Father. And what's my plan A to get the gospel to the world? Us, the church. Praise be to God. And it starts with complete, utter dependence upon God 
Thank you for this prayer of Jonah. God, would we pray like this? Would we pray in complete and utter dependence upon you, knowing that you hear us, you love us, and you just sit there waiting for your children to pray to you, to offer grace and mercy? And God, I pray for every single one of my students. I love them. I pray for the rest of their life. They turn from vain idols. And God, I pray that their heart turns and just says, Hallelujah. I have everything I need in my Heavenly Father. Speak through our small group leaders now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.